Hello listeners, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Fix Your Eyes on Jesus and my name is Annie, I'm your host. And today I'm delighted to introduce to you our special guests all the way from Richmond in Virginia in the United States of America and his name is Paul Granger. Now, Paul is an ambassador of Christ and he has a ministry that is called World Outreach Ministries and Paul also serves in a youth ministry called Youth with a Mission. Paul is a podcast content creator of a name that is so dear in my heart which is where did you see God? So this is a question that we are going to delve into as we present ourselves to the Lord to help us in our discussion, to help us in our listening as the Lord uses Paul today to speak to us. So we pray that the Holy Spirit will guide him through every session. So let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, with thanksgiving, we honor you, we praise you, and we worship you. We enthrone you above every situation and circumstance of our life. We welcome your presence, Lord, in our hearts, in our minds. We welcome your presence even as we speak your word. Thank you sending your servant to us, Paul Granger. We pray that you may use him to speak to us and to our life situations and that every listener of these podcasts will receive something new from you and our lives will be transformed for the greater glory of your name. We pray all this, believing and trusting in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. So, hello, Paul. Hello, it's great to be here. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome and we are so delighted to have you. And uh, more than that, probably to listen to what you have to say. So would like to welcome you to give an introduction to our listeners about where you're from and um, whatever it is that is dear in your heart just before we start off with our topic for today, please. Yeah, well, what's exciting, and you and I talked about this before we started recording, is that you and I know it's less about what we say and more about what the Spirit's going to say. And neither of us actually know where the Spirit's going to take this. And so <laughs> that's what gets me excited about conversations like these is you and I are actually along for the ride too. Yeah. I'm not coming as some expert that's going to say, here are the five tips to being a better believer. <laughs> yeah. I'm just an ambassador of Christ. And you know what that means for those that were listening is it's a phrase we say often, but it means that I am trying to live out the reality that if I'm an ambassador of Christ, that means in every moment, in every situation, whether it's organic or formal, whether it's with friends or with strangers, I have been invited to represent Christ. I am an ambassador of, of this guy that I'm claiming to follow. Yeah. And so if that's true, then that should impact how I view situations, how I respond to hardships what I do with my time. Mm -hmm. And so for the, the last five plus years, God's invited me to a space where it's basically been 
organic ministry, one, 100% volunteer. I don't get a paycheck. And so my provision is based on how God provides and how he invites others to be generous in provision towards the work that I'm doing. And every year it's taken different forms, whether it's the podcast, whether it's engaging with neighbors in the community, whether it's serving alongside youth with a mission, whether it's writing books, whether it's just sitting and spending time with God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are all moments where I recognize that my life is a gift that God has given me. And I have an opportunity to give that back as an, an act of loving God and loving others. And so today is that you and I talking right now, like I didn't even know if we'd be able to talk because yesterday I got hit with a horrible headache, woke up this morning, you know, you know, that moment where it's like the headache is technically gone, but you don't know if it's all the way gone. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to email Annie and tell her, I don't know, but here we are. <laughs> I feel, good. I feel great. I feel ready. <laughs> uh, and, and really that's the thing that I want to in invite listeners into is, is this expectancy that you and I have that mm -hmm. God is present and that the spirit can speak. And that even though they're not with us right now in this conversation, the yeah. spirit can continue to speak just as the spirit continues to speak through words written in scripture generations centuries ago and so let's buckle up because god is present and active and he's gonna work yeah no it's very true i'm so encouraged because i think when we let go and let him do what he pleases like you know when he just present ourselves then uh, we are bound to get even more surprises than when we come with a big plan and give mm -hmm. it to him and expect him to adhere to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I found it very interesting because just to be honest, um, I think it's good to be, is it authentic and real? You know, and I see the name of your podcast. Where did you see God? I saw God today. I've seen mm -hmm. him in a very interesting move, you know. Mm. And that has also put me in a very different disposition. I think it would be so, so wonderful uh, for us to hear you take us down this concept that you believe in so much that God is good and God is God. So where mm -hmm. did you see God? So Paul, you're welcome. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting today, uh, I unexpectedly stumbled on a a talk I gave at uh, the University of Virginia's InterVarsity uh, two years ago and did not expect to come across this, did not expect to find it. Uh, but it was where I was sharing with the group this idea of, you know, we're trying to present ourselves before God, like here I am. And so often it feels like he's not there. <laughs> it's like, here I am, where is he? and exploring this idea of what it actually means to look for and listen for God. Mm -hmm. uh, because if somebody identifies as a Christian, yeah. they want to believe yeah. that God speaks and that they can hear from God. Mm -hmm. And yet so often in our lives, mm -hmm. we've had moments where it's like, ah, I don't, I don't know how to listen for God. I don't know that he's talking. I've prayed and prayed and prayed and I feel like I'm just getting silence. And one thing that I've learned is so much of what we perceive is attached to what we believe. So I'll give an example. Uh, when years ago, we had uh, a friend living with us and he stayed with us for a couple months, then he had to leave, but then he had plans changed and needed a place to stay for another year. So we came back. And when he came back, we were doing dinner together. And my kids were young at the time. I have three children. 
And at the time, my middle child was two years old. And she came up to the dinner table and started asking us for something. And I don't even remember what she asked for. But my friend Jonathan got incredibly excited. He was like, oh my goodness, she can talk now. She can talk. I can't believe it. She's talking now. And my wife and I just looked at each other and laughed because she'd actually been talking for a while, while he lived with us prior. She had been communicating for even longer. Mm-hmm. And so what was going on here? Well, what was going on is there was a difference in belief among yeah. us. My mm-hmm. friend had very little experience with two-year-olds mm-hmm. and he did not believe that two-year-olds could mm-hmm. talk. To him, it was baby talk until one day, suddenly they were using words. Yeah. And so when she was communicating with us, mm-hmm. even prior to that moment, when he first met her for the months that he lived with us, mm-hmm. because he believed that she was not able to talk, he only heard baby talk. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, my wife and I know mm-hmm. that kids start communicating at a very young age. Yeah. I mean, it, it, even when they're babies, they start to communicate yeah. with their eyes, with their cries, with their movements, with facial expressions. And then as they learn to use their mouths, mm-hmm. learn to use their vocal cords, mm-hmm. they start to shape sounds. Yeah. And those sounds become gibberish words. But yeah. those gibberish words become real words over time. Mm-hmm which meant that even before our friend moved in with us, mm-hmm. we knew that our daughter was communicating mm-hmm. and that she was starting to use words yeah. that even though somebody else might not know what it was, mm-hmm. we learned to listen like, okay, she's trying to say something. Okay, this mm-hmm. word kind of sounds like mm-hmm. candy. Okay, I think she's saying candy. <laughs> yeah. And so that meant that we could hear her talking well before anyone else. Yeah. It also meant that we could hear her talking when everyone else assumed she was just doing baby talk. Yeah. And so I feel like it's the same thing with God. If if we don't believe that mm-hmm. God speaks, mm-hmm. then he could be speaking to us. Yeah. And it's just noise to us. Yeah. Or we don't even register it. Mm-hmm. But if we choose to believe okay. that God speaks, yeah. then it changes how we listen. So just as when our daughter had not learned to do words, but we knew she was communicating, it forced us to listen for what she could be saying. It yeah. forced us to take every sound as something more meaningful than just noises. Yeah. We were actually able to communicate. And mm-hmm. over time, we learned how she spoke more. Yeah. She learned how to communicate with us in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so the more that we believe and choose mm-hmm. to believe and step in belief that mm-hmm. God can speak, it changes how we listen. So we begin to hear him more. And the more that we learn what his voice sounds like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the more we understand the more we listen more often Mm -hmm. until there comes a point where it feels more organic, more natural than we could have ever dreamed. Because at the start of this journey, Mm -hmm. we're like, how do you communicate to Mm -hmm. God, to an incomprehensible being that's beyond me? Mm -hmm. And so it's beautiful. And so this idea of where did you see God came out of part of that journey for me back 2006 or so, I was serving with a ministry called Urban Promise Wilmington. Mm-hmm. And to that point, mm-hmm. I had always been a Christian, had always gone to church, mm-hmm. went to a Christian university and was serving in a Christian ministry. Yeah. And so you can imagine my embarrassment when at a meeting, mm-hmm. I was asked by the executive director, mm-hmm. where did you see God today? Mm-hmm. And I had no answer. I mean, that should be a softball question. That should be an easy one for Mm -hmm. someone who checked all those boxes like me. Mm -hmm. I had no answer. I struggled Mm -hmm. to find something that 
could get away with as an answer. Yeah. And I realized mm-hmm. that my problem was, is I was pro uh, retroactively looking for God. In other mm-hmm. words, I wasn't looking for God until I needed to. Yeah. And there is this invitation from God in that moment of what would it look like to proactively look for God, to actually mm-hmm. expect that God would be in a space mm-hmm. and then <laughs> to look for him. Uh, yeah. It's like, uh, have you ever seen the book, Where's Waldo? No. So there, I mean, and I don't even know if they still make them, but when I was young, that was mm-hmm. one of the, the most popular books. It's, it's called Where's Waldo? And the whole premise of the book mm-hmm. is every page mm-hmm. across the span of two pages when you open it, Mm. Uh, would be crowded with images and somewhere somewhere Mm. in there was this character named Waldo and he's wearing his red and white striped shirt he's got his cane he's got his glasses I mean a very distinct look Mm -hmm. and he's somewhere in there Mm -hmm. but when you open it you feel Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh I don't even know where to start because he's Mm -hmm. buried in these images Mm -hmm. now for most people they Mm -hmm. enter that understanding that the whole point of this book is to find Waldo so they know he's there yeah and they know they just have to look hard to find him. And even if it's hard, mm-hmm. that pushes them through. I know, I know they have drawn him in. Mm-hmm. But if somebody found that book, knew nothing about it, and just opened it up, mm-hmm. they would just say, oh, here's a bunch of people on a beach or in a building. Okay, mm-hmm. it's a crowded image. Nice. And they would have no idea that this Waldo is there. Yeah. And I think in the same way, when we go through life not really believing that God is present, active, and working, Mm -hmm. then we just see a crowded image. We just see a busy life. We just see, uh, you know, whatever it is we're seeing and can actually believe that God is not present in the midst. But in the same way, Waldo is drawn into every single one of those page sections of that book. God is present in every single section of our life. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, do we believe that? Even if it's hard to believe, are we going to choose to believe that? And then two, are we willing to put the time in to look for him? Yeah. Whether it's quick and easy or whether it takes all day or all week or all month or all yeah. year. Because God's not trying to hide from us. No. He He desires to be in relationship with us. But what he knows is it's hard to find him, not because he's hiding, but mm-hmm. because of the beliefs that we have in our mind, mm-hmm. uh, the misunderstandings of him we have in our mind. And the more that those change, mm-hmm. the clearer he becomes. Yeah, no, it's very, very true because um, when we make that conscious decision to put in time and to actively uh, get involved in this relationship with the Lord, Mm -hmm. then everything changes, everything changes. And we don't have to do life alone, you know, we don't have to carry burdens alone and then worry like we don't really know him. So um yeah it is a but it is a, a wonderful thought <laughs> to think about but more to that to do something about it mm-hmm. and then you get to see the results yeah. and I'm just going to ask take us through how this journey began because now we see where you're at mm-hmm. we see what you're doing and why you're doing it but we want to know how did this begin where did you uh, know about Jesus where did your journey begin your spiritual walk with him even though um, you had all this um, Christian background in your life mm-hmm. there's a specific moment in your life that probably you can look back and see yeah. that moment 
Yeah, so like I said, I you know, grew up going to church. And so for most of my youth, I I was just a Christian. I mean, that's it was like a label that I wore. I I was told I was a Christian. I knew I was a Christian. I went to church. I, you know, <laughs> most people I knew were Christians. And yeah. it wasn't until middle school that this thought hit me. And I can look back and realize it was God prompting this thought because it, it was not prompted by anyone else. It just kind of suddenly appeared in my mind of, well, if I'm a Christian, what does that actually mean? Is it just a label that I wear? Yeah. You know, like I'm an American because of where I was born and where my citizenship is. Like, is it just like that where you kind of just have this identity based on factors or mm-hmm. is it something that should actually impact my life? If I say I believe in God, is that just a statement I make or is it something that should influence how I understand myself? what the purpose of my life is. And so there was this moment as a, a like a young teenager where I'm starting to wrestle with what does it actually mean for me to believe in God? What does it actually mean for me to be a Christian? Mm-hmm. And I landed at this place where I I did, even if I didn't fully understand it yet, I did believe mm-hmm. that this God was real and that being a Christ follower was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And something happened where there is this shift. Mm-hmm. And it was this subtle, subtle shift that I didn't realize at the time, but, um, you know, I'd always tried to be a good kid. Uh, I wanted to be a veterinarian at one point, a cartoonist at one point. Like I had kind of this <laughs> idea that how life was supposed to work, you eventually find a job. Yeah. But in this space where I began to really wrestle with what believing in God and following Christ meant, mm-hmm. this shift happened where I just suddenly knew mm-hmm. my life Mm-hmm. is meant to be about ministry or or put another way i i had this willingness and this excitement mm-hmm. to devote my life to ministry now i did mm-hmm. not know what that meant yeah <laughs> i had very few uh references for that so I, I was thinking does that mean that i am supposed to pastor a church but i don't mm-hmm. know that that's what i'm supposed to do am i supposed to be a missionary overseas well i don't mm-hmm. feel like i'm supposed to go to another country mm-hmm. well that's the only two references I have for ministry. So, uh, well, little did I know that God knew my limitations and Mm -hmm. began to put connections in my life, opportunities in my life, situations in my life Mm -hmm. to begin to build this foundation. I ended Mm -hmm. up going to a Christian university, Mm -hmm. majored in religion and Christian ministries, thinking that that would tell me what to do. And I get to the end of the four years Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I still don't know. So <laughs> my friend and I begin pray in our mm-hmm. senior year. All right, we've mm-hmm. only got a few months left. We've got to have something in place. <laughs> yeah. And God led us to something that neither of us expected, which mm-hmm. was uh, uh, basically a inner city youth ministry. Now, I grew up in the country. Mm-hmm. He grew up in the mountains. So mm-hmm. going into the inner city was not in our plans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Working with youth wasn't too far out of the question for me because I had served with a a Christian daycare for a time, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't what I was expecting to do. Mm -hmm. Um, The ministry piece, yeah, sure. But how does that work with all these other components? And and so we're like, well, God might know better, but we have no experience with this, no guidance with this. And then God took us on this two-year journey. Mm -hmm. This is where I connected with Urban Promise Wilmington, which really honed what it meant to love your neighbors. Uh, mm-hmm. They are not a, they're not striving to be an organization or mm-hmm. a nonprofit or even a ministry in the standard way that we understand it. They're striving mm-hmm. to be authentic. 
and the ways that God has positioned them and the resources that he's given them, they are striving to love their neighbors authentically. And Mm -hmm. I not just witnessed that was able to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And when I left, it wasn't because I wanted to leave. I actually didn't want to leave, but it it was one of those moments where it's very clear Mm -hmm. that God was saying to go, which gave me a peace. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, what I experienced here, like, I want to find that. (laughs) I want to live that. Mm -hmm. And so that entered this period over the last, I mean, I guess that was almost, um, it was 20 some years ago, uh, mm-hmm. where I've been living into what does it mean to actually love God and love others with my life? And I went the traditional ministry routes of serving with actual ministries and nonprofits and mm-hmm. experienced God in great ways, experienced hardship in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, which led to the last formal space that I served, mm-hmm. a tremendous amount of hardship, mm-hmm. tremendous amount of hardship uh, and a lot of prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, God, why is this happening to me? Why mm-hmm. is my boss treating me this way? Why are mm-hmm. these things occurring? God, if, if, if you just did this, if you just fixed this situation, things would be better. Why aren't mm-hmm. you fixing it? God, what's going on? If you just get, tell me what to do, God, well, yeah. why aren't you telling me? Why is there silence? Mm-hmm. And over the course of years, it really honed my understanding of what it meant to communicate with God, mm-hmm. but also what I was expecting from God, because mm-hmm. I was expecting answers. I was expecting clarity. I was expecting problems to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And it was like God was saying throughout all that, are you only willing to follow me if I do all these things? What if I do none of those things? Yeah. Would you still be willing to follow me? Mm-hmm. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego facing yeah. the fire. We <laughs> yeah. know that God could save us, but mm-hmm. even if he doesn't, mm-hmm. we are committed to following him. Was I yeah. willing to follow God even if he allowed my reputation to be tarnished, mm-hmm. my health to be like attacked? Like, mm-hmm. would I be willing to follow God? Mm-hmm. And the moment mm-hmm. that I made that realization that I actually don't work for this boss, I don't work for this entity, mm-hmm. I work for God. Yeah. My job is ambassador of Christ. So it actually doesn't matter what happens in my functional role, mm-hmm. because if I'm actually seeking the voice of my actual boss mm-hmm. and and stepping in obedience to what he says, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what happens to me. Yeah. And I was able to find joy and peace in a space that shouldn't have happened, should have been impossible. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a scripture talks about a peace that defies understanding. I, I experienced what that meant because I was like, I should not have peace right now. And mm-hmm. yet <laughs> I you do. Peace. Yeah. And I ended up losing that job, never given a reason to this day. It was never given a clear reason. <laughs> and when I should have felt mm-hmm. anger, frustration, when I sh- when my humanity could have been justified mm-hmm. in getting vengeance or justice, yeah. God invited me to distrust him. And that mm-hmm. was the start of my journey of no longer getting a formal paycheck. That was the start of my journey of not really knowing functionally mm-hmm. what might be ahead in the next year or the next month or even tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a sign behind me that says holding things loosely. Yeah, um, I can see which, it. <laughs> which comes from this place of uh, I can do my due diligence of thinking of what's ahead. I can, I can have my ideas of what God's going to do, but am I willing to hold it all loosely in case God says, all right, now I want you to let it go. Abraham mm-hmm. and Isaac. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abraham longed, longed for a child for decades, 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 got to the point where mm-hmm. they could not have children anymore, mm-hmm. still longed for it, but knew it was impossible. And then God's like, hey, good news. I could do the impossible. Mm-hmm. He gets this child 
And then like 12 years later, God's like, all right, cool. I want you to go and sacrifice your child. <laughs> right? Like, but again, it's what is it that we are pursuing? Like mm -hmm. if, if all we're pursuing is that, okay, God finally worked out this thing for me. God finally gave me the thing I longed for. Mm -hmm. If, if that becomes the thing that we protect, mm -hmm. then we are no longer seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I will, I will seek God in so far as this thing is protected. Mm -hmm. The moment we're willing to hold it loosely and let it go. If God mm -hmm. asks for it mm -hmm. is the moment that we actually say that God is more important than everything. He actually is. I am willing to lose all this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We are willing to lose our lives. Mm -hmm. God is more important than us even being able to live. Mm -hmm. And and so there have been moments throughout my life where these realities, God introduces them gently <laughs> or sometimes introduces them in just kind of a slap across the face. Mm -hmm. And I have the opportunity to choose whether or not I actually want to learn and grow, um, mm -hmm. whether I want to seek him or not press in. This, mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned earlier, God is God and God is good. Mm -hmm. That that phrasing that I repeat nearly every time I pray mm -hmm. uh, that I'm striving to believe mm -hmm. comes from 2011. My wife and I mm -hmm. having two miscarriages mm -hmm. like it was through miscarriage mm -hmm. <laughs> that I learned the goodness and power of God, yeah. which seems opposite in our minds. Right. Because mm -hmm. if God was God and God was good, mm -hmm. then those babies shouldn't have died. Yeah. But scripture talks about how the wisdom of God is foolishness to man. Yeah. It's it's the I can recognize that I actually experienced God mm -hmm. and learn more about him in a beautiful way mm -hmm. through something I would never have chosen. Yeah. Uh, that I could have a hard time justifying to someone who doesn't believe in God. Mm -hmm. But I know it to be true and mm -hmm. it's these moments where we choose to still seek God, even when it doesn't make sense, that we find him, that we discover mm -hmm. him, and that it it deepens our understanding to the point where we go from being spiritual infants who, as Paul puts it, you're not even ready for meat yet. Here's some spiritual milk, mm -hmm. all the way to the point where we could actually start chewing some spiritual meat, these, mm -hmm. these hard spiritual realities that our humanity wants to reject, because mm -hmm. oftentimes those spiritual realities call for a sacrifice that's more than we are willing and able to give but through the work of the spirit yeah very true you know i'm just thinking of uh what you just said that these are the realities that the humanity in the world we are seeking to reject them and we are rejecting and we are rejecting god being part of them mm -hmm. and the truth is when we reject that then definitely we start turning around and start questioning the holiness of God. Yeah. Because it will be a concept like if God is real, if God is alive, if God is true, so why did he not stop these things? <laughs> but when we have our mind transformed, you see the book of Romans tells us that we should have our mind transformed. And when we do, then I believe that is when we are able to see with a different perspective. And you said that learning anew an easy way to seek God daily so we don't allow the obstacles of our everyday life to be a stumbling block from us being able to see God and to give ourselves to him and uh, as you were talking I was just you know <laughs> you're taking me on a very uh, personal journey here <laughs> because when you share your life experiences that is what happens 
and part of the journey that you're taking me through is the fact that when we we seek god and when we choose to accept and believe and affirm ourselves that god is good and god is god through every circumstance so our life becomes a life of surrender mm-hmm. <laughs> you know surrender like at every moment like and i found that when when we try to it's true when we don't surrender quick to surrender whatever it is then we are bound to go through some kind of pain and i think the toughest moments of my life i have learned and when i haven't learned that situation will come back at a different time in a different way so now i've learned to ask him <laughs> to be quick to ask him lord what is it that you want me to learn from this situation yeah. because um then i'll be protected from putting myself in a position of more pain than if when i surrender to him and then he can easily pull me out and use even that painful moment that pain to do whatever it is that he can only he can do mm-hmm. so um no i think it's a very interesting thing to think about it so mm-hmm. uh, that's a one that's a wonderful uh background <laughs> but i feel like you've taken us on uh another level as well <laughs> So we have perseverance through hardships in a way that leads us to abundantly more. Mm-hmm. So how would you say how would you talk about this Paul? Yeah. Well, I think as you were talking I felt like I needed to pull up a verse that is uh could seem discouraging but is actually deeply encouraging. Mm-hmm. And it's from 1 Corinthians 2:14. And this is the New International Version. Mm-hmm. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but considers them foolishness mm-hmm. and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. Mm-hmm. And that can feel discouraging mm-hmm. because we all know moments where God does not make sense. The situation does not make sense. Yeah. And we also know how we've been raised to operate in those kind of situations when you don't understand something mm-hmm. you you have to get more knowledge when you aren't good at something you have to get better at it mm-hmm. and that makes sense and even in a spiritual context we we talk about that well I mean, we said it earlier the more you practice seeking god uh, i believe the more you're able to see him right it gets this idea of you can get better and better and better at something mm-hmm. well one thing that hardship points out is our limitations. Yeah. Because no matter how smart you are, how strong you are, how good you are at something, I think we've all experienced moments of hardship where that fell apart. Yeah. Or where that didn't matter. When I was in that hard work environment, mm-hmm. I was working hard. I was I was trying to meet all of my boss's expectations and nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing got through. Nothing changed his false understanding of me. Mm-hmm. Nothing made things easier. And it's in those moments where in our humanity we can start to question God's power and goodness. We can start to maybe not question God, maybe we start to question ourselves. Yeah. Well is 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 am, am I the problem? Am I not praying hard enough? Mm-hmm. Am I not seeking God enough? Am am I not worthy mm-hmm. enough of God? Is it because I sinned today mm-hmm. and God's punishing me? Right? Mm-hmm. We ask all these questions because we're coming from this human context and when we have the human understanding that the 
only way out is to get better and smarter. And we hit those points where I do not have the strength or capacity or desire to keep going. Well, then what happens? <laughs> well, this is the power of this verse. And I'll read it again. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. If we flip that around from negative language to positive language, mm -hmm. then that essentially is saying that the person with the spirit accepts the things that come from the spirit of God yeah. and considers them wisdom and can understand them because they are able to discern them through the spirit. In other words, when God is saying something crazy like, hey, Annie, I want you to go do this thing that you never planned to do. <laughs> or when God says something crazy like, hey, I want you to stay in this very hard situation that is unfair and unjust. Mm -hmm. Our humanity pushes against that, but the spirit can help us to say, I wouldn't have chosen that. I don't necessarily like it, but I have a piece about saying yes. Yeah. And so hardship always is an opportunity to press more into what it means to seek God first and what it means to be in relationship with God. Because again, it's in those moments that we're actually more primed than usual to let things go, yeah. to die to self. Yeah. It's why Jesus says, oh man, he didn't say it like this, but oh, it's, it's, it's hard for a rich person to understand the kingdom. He says it's easier for you know a camel to go through an eye of a needle. Well, the reason that he says that Mm -hmm. is the more we have, mm -hmm. the more that life is going well for us, yeah. the less need for God we have. Mm -hmm. And this is the story of Israel. Like mm -hmm. they, they wanted to be in relationship with God, but then things started going well for them mm -hmm. and eh, don't really need God anymore. Or uh, thanks for being God, but can you give us a king? Cause then we could be more like everyone else yeah. and we can have what we need and be protected. I mean, yes, you're going to protect us, God, but also a king could, also really protect us and and the more that they didn't need god the more they veered into a life they wouldn't have chosen yeah. until they get to a point where hardship hits yeah. and then they realize oh <laughs> we can't actually do this on our own we can't actually control everything and oh thank goodness there is this god that loves us and even though we've strayed away from him and insulted him for some reason he's still willing to take us back <laughs> all right god we we need you yeah right like and god because he is love not just yeah. is loving but is l-o-v-e is agape love yeah he shows his goodness and and so hardship is a gift to us sometimes not a gift we would have chosen mm -hmm. not even a gift that god necessarily thrusts upon us sometimes the hardship isn't because god did it but because we live in a broken world among broken people. The hardship that I faced in that work environment mm -hmm. was largely due to the choices that other people made that would call themselves Christ followers. But in that moment, they were seeking something else like self-preservation or reputation or advancement. Mm -hmm. But what's so beautiful is that when these hardships hit, yeah. it, it is that opportunity. It is that opportunity to say, this is how I wish things would be. But in this moment, I'm going to choose God first. And that's why in some of the spaces where, where hardships are most profound, spaces of extreme poverty, 
uh, or or war or things like that. That's why sometimes there are the spaces where it seems like Christianity is the strongest or that Christ followers are the most authentic because it's not just a label they're wearing. In fact, in many places to call yourself a Christian is suicide because there are people that will kill you, (laughs) right? And so it's not just a fun thing, an easy thing, a cool thing, an anything thing. It's they actually believe it because of what they've experienced. They know that God is true because they reached that point where they were able to see what they hoped reality would be. They assumed reality would be and what God is saying it actually is. Mm-hmm. And they stepped into it and they're actually finding out, oh, God is real. Yeah. He is powerful and he is loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. I'm just thinking of how, you know, when we are not, we, we don't really believe in God. And we have another category of people who are believers of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's possible that these two categories could be living in two different realities. <laughs> you know, and also there are those of us who are Christians, but we are also in two different categories, not willing to take um, not, not even a step of faith. I would say a, a risk mm-hmm. like Peter. If it's you, Lord, back on me and I'm going to walk on the water and come to you. We are not willing for whatever other reasons that we can imagine or create or and those who are willing, then you get to enjoy the beauty of get some money with Jesus, but then uh, transfiguration with him as well. You see, he presented all these moments to all the disciples who are close to him, I think, to remind us that we'll have these moments, but when they come, we have to know where to go. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we cannot manage with without him. So when I look at hardship, I see... Um, it's like a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think more especially if we are journeying with the Lord and there are these hardships that we can't pray ourselves out, we can't, or we have tried to believe ourselves out of them, but they are remaining. So it's like mm-hmm. moments that the Lord is waking us up for probably another level, another level that we might not have known. And I've found that moments when I've had these kind of scenarios happen in my life, I've either, um, okay, of course it's through a surrender and maybe he's waking up to obedience or to another opening that I have no clue about. Mm-hmm. And when I get to that place, so when a situation like that shows up, then I know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's a wonderful teacher, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And it, Really, it's this, the invitation we're getting is that deeper understanding of true reality. And that's why, so for me, when I had that hard work environment, my humanity said the only way that this can get better Mm -hmm. is if my boss sees me accurately, my job is actually sustainable for a single person, Mm -hmm. or I leave. Mm -hmm. And then God didn't fix the first two things and then told me to stay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like It's like, my human understanding couldn't grasp that until mm-hmm. I got this taste of a deeper reality yeah. that I didn't work for this entity, that I worked for God. And it didn't matter what hardships hit me. And that brought me to this different place because prior to that, mm-hmm. I was fighting for my reputation. I was fighting for a healthy, sustainable workload. I was fighting for these things. Yeah, God's like, you actually don't need to fight for those. And so then you get to this bigger level mm-hmm. of death to self 
And our humanity understandably says that your life is the most important thing and death is the worst thing. Because if you die, you're not alive anymore. <laughs> if you die, you can't do anything anymore. And so there is this natural inclination with us towards self-preservation. Now we will protect our lives and we will protect things that make our lives better, like our financial stability, our um, reputation, what what level of control and power we have. Like we, because our understanding of reality is is if those things are out of place, then things are going to be bad. And then Jesus comes on the scene and says, "Actually, your your life." doesn't matter <laughs> like in the way that you understand it because what jesus knew is that our bodies are like grass that withers like it's going to fade away in in terms of eternity our life isn't even a blip on the radar and so jesus is engaging these spaces with an eternal thinking with an eternal understanding of reality where he realized that he could die and that wasn't the end of the story this is why the apostle paul says that death has lost its sting yeah. Because up to that point, mm -hmm. death was the worst thing. But then when he realized, actually, if I died, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be with Christ in mm -hmm. eternity. So mm -hmm. death would actually be better. So I'm not afraid of death anymore. Yeah. So this is the hard thing. Like you know, you were talking about you could have, you know, two people in a room that both identified as Christian and have very different understandings of what that meant. And a lot of that ties to our understanding of reality you know what we believe because both could authentically want to follow christ but then their understanding of life will shape how they actually respond so you mentioned peter yeah. peter in his good moments had spaces like on the boat where he's like i know i can't walk on water but i believe something about jesus and i see him on the water so i'm willing to believe that there is a different reality than i've always known he was a fisherman he yeah. knows you can't mm -hmm. walk on water. He has known people who have died in storms. Mm -hmm. But that understanding of reality was enough for him to step out of the boat. Yeah. But then mm -hmm. that old reality crept back in. Mm -hmm. He's midway there. He's almost a Jesus. And he's like, oh, oh, no. Like, this, <laughs> this is how I die. Like, yeah. these, these storms kill people. Wait, I can't, I can't swim in this rough of an ocean. Yeah. And that, going back to that reality, slipped him back down. But then he had this other moment where, Jesus was like, well, who do people say that I am? And then he asked, well, who do you say that I am, Peter? Mm -hmm. Peter says, you're the son of God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, yeah. but God did. Mm -hmm. Amazing moment. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, his understanding of reality was, I know what everyone else is saying, mm -hmm. but there's something in me that says that this man is someone different. Yeah. And then a few verses later, Jesus mm -hmm. is talking about getting killed. And mm -hmm. Peter pulls him aside and scripture says, he rebukes Jesus. He mm -hmm. rebukes the guy he just said was the son of God mm -hmm. because his understanding of reality is, oh, no, no, no. Jesus can't die. One, mm -hmm. I love him and I don't want him to die. <laughs> Two, if he dies, how is he going to accomplish the ministry that he's supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. And then what happens to us if he dies? Like Jesus, ever patient, uh, dealt with that situation, mm -hmm. recognized that Satan, the deceiver, was lying to mm -hmm. Peter. And Peter mm -hmm. really didn't understand what he was saying. And Peter's journey continues and he has these moments of like, he, he, it's like he gets it. And then moments where it's like, ah, oh, he missed the mark. Yeah. And this is good news for us because again, we have this idea in our mind that our trajectory is ever moving forward and higher. Mm -hmm. And anytime that we aren't as good as we were, or we're not as holy as we were, or we're not as spiritual as we were, then we feel like it's a regression. 
What Peter's life shows us is that this is a journey that we are continuously learning one, who God is, but also who we are, which includes the really unfortunate things like we aren't God. Yeah. We cannot be self-sufficient in the ways that we assume that protecting ourselves isn't actually the goal. Mm -hmm. And all along the way, there is this grace. Jesus showed tremendous grace and mercy towards Peter, yeah. even letting him be one of the leaders of the first incarnation of the church, right? Yeah. And that's the same for us. We don't have to be perfect. That's mm -hmm. actually not the expectation. Scripture says God chooses the least of these <laughs> because it's in those spaces where his power is shown. Not that it's that he wants the glory, even though he deserves it, but what mm -hmm. he recognizes is that the person who knows that they're not God, that they know that they're least of these, when they are able to do something beyond them, <laughs> that, then suddenly they know, they know it's God. And people that know them look at them and say, wait a minute, <laughs> that, that guy can't, I know him, I grew up with him. How in the world is he doing this? Yeah. There must be something beyond him. It, it makes God clear in ways that we couldn't have found from our best studying because <laughs> You know who else was a God follower during Jesus' time? Mm -hmm. Pharisees. Yeah, yeah. Most of them <laughs> trying to follow God. They had just gotten misaligned. Many of them <laughs> uh, protecting power and authority yeah. was the most important thing. Defending God and scripture. Mm -hmm. you know, they felt like it was a holy thing, but they ended up defending scripture at the expense of Christ. <laughs> right? yeah. and, and so they weren't seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. They were seeking first this religion that had been built, but they would have defined themselves as God followers. Um, people today identify themselves as God followers and Christ followers, and they may genuinely want to do that. But the trick is, the trick is when, when we actually step back and look, what are we actually seeking first? Is it God or is it a godly life or is it a comfortable life or is it because if it's anything other than God, then it's not seeking God first. And it's a path that will never satisfy. Yep, very true. Very true. I actually love that song that says, um, nothing else will satisfy. <laughs> nothing else will satisfy. All I want is more of you. All I want is more of you. All I want is more of you. Nothing I desire alone, but more of you. More of you. very true and as we we have brought uh, this to mind I was just visualizing the Pharisees and the scribes and you asking them where did you see God and they will say actually he wasn't here because they missed on Jesus mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even though they were the ones who are meant to usher him in so there's a reason why God does the way things the way he does things so for us is to be able to familiarize with how he does it and then we just fall into his plan so i'm so delighted that uh, you have come to us today and delighted more that 
we didn't know what to talk about but i believe this is what the holy spirit had in store Mm-hmm. And the joy in my heart is because earlier on, okay, we have had a series about finding purpose. Mm-hmm. Earlier on, I had a recording about Peter, and I could just see Peter. And now you have you, what I didn't speak actually, you have added. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just talking about his call. Mm-hmm. The the scriptures that I referred to, I had not uh, really delved into it. Yeah. So I'm glad that. The Lord wanted to bring this along and I could see now this is actually complete. You've given us a background of how you came along and how you actually uh, started on your podcast and your new journey with the Lord and I'm so delighted and I believe even our listeners will be blessed. So before we conclude, I would invite you to say a prayer to someone out there who might need to see God in their situation mm-hmm. or who has struggled to hear or to see God in their circumstance because of whatever other reasons that could be holding them back mm-hmm. so you just say a prayer the grace is upon you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Father God we thank you that you are God and you are good even when it's hard for us to see that or believe that. And it doesn't change your character. Um, And we thank you that you have a patience with us when we struggle to trust that. That you are creating ways for us to draw near to you. You know, James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Um, But we acknowledge right now there are people that may be listening that may find that hard to believe. Maybe they feel like they don't deserve your love. Maybe they feel like they have spent years trying to seek you and you haven't shown up. Maybe they feel like the more they seek you, the harder things get. And we thank you that they're not alone, that throughout scripture, there are individuals that wrestled with this as well. Gideon thought he was unworthy of being used by God, that he was the least of the least of the least. Paul felt like This is a a total shift from what he understood when he was Saul and he was actually killing Christians. And how could he deserve to be a representative of Jesus? Mary was just a teenager when, when you came to her and told her that she was being invited into one of the greatest things in human history. Throughout scripture, there are individuals that wrestled to know what it meant to seek you and to hear you and to be loved by you. And that didn't change the fact that you were ready to be found and that you love deeply. And so I pray that you would give the person listening now that's wrestling a sense of peace that defies understanding that this is actually possible, that you actually are real. And even if they don't know what it means, that that, that feeling, that sense of peace would be enough for them to take a small step forward. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would give wisdom in what that step looks like for them, whether it's listening to a worship song or reading a Bible verse or simply sitting in silence. Give them wisdom to know what a simple step looks like towards God. And then equip them to do another and another. Because we know that you are near the brokenhearted. We know that you are the epitome of love. We know that you are accomplishing immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine because of the 
power at work within us already. And so we just say, here we are. Here we are. And to the best of our ability and our imperfections, we, we say we want to seek you first. Show us how. Most we pray in his holy and precious name. Amen. 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 I'm just getting this um, song in my spirit. There is no mountain so high. God cannot reach it. There is no valley so deep, God cannot see There is no problem too great, He cannot solve it. I can tell you, my sister and my brother, He'll carry you. For if he carried the weight of this world upon his shoulders, I can tell you, my friend, that he'll carry you. So thank you very much um, to all our listeners. We pray that God will bless you as you listen to this discussion <laughs> and that the Lord will touch your hearts to be able to surrender, to let go and to see him even in your most or the hardest moments or the toughest moments of your lives. God is good all the time. Have a wonderful day and God bless you. Thank you very much, Paul. We are so delighted that you came. Thank you for giving us your precious time and even for allowing the Lord to use you despite the obstacle that was trying to pop in, you know. Mm -hmm. So we are grateful that um, the Lord brought you to us. Yeah. And thank you for sharing with us um, your wonderful journey. Maybe uh, just before we conclude completely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll just uh, invite you to tell us the books you have written. Are they available? I yeah. know you know them. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I feel like God has invited me to do is to create authentic, accessible space for us to press into who God is, press into these questions. And that's taken many different forms than I expected. And one is the podcast that you mentioned, and another is the books. And all of this you can find at wheredidyouseegod.com. Mm -hmm. uh, there are, <laughs> I won't even get into it, but there's a, this summer, I did not plan to write any books and I wrote like six, <laughs> like wow. sometimes one of them I wrote in a day after God gave a prompting. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea is pressing into ideas like, how do we pray for our enemies? Mm -hmm. Is God actually provider? Mm -hmm. What do we do when we've had enough and we're, we're just done, right? So these are real, real areas that we navigate and what I want to do is create space where even if it's from afar, I can navigate and walk alongside others as they are trying to figure things out. Um, I also, where do you see God.com slash pastoral care is uh, a way of creating space kind of like what you and I are doing now, where it's basically authentic, accessible conversation with a twist. And the twist is, is that we actually record the conversation so that at the very least, um, the person can have that to keep with them. But the opportunity is, is if that person is willing, it can become an episode on the podcast so that their processing can actually bless others. Yeah. But it takes away the burden of feeling like, oh, I've got to be a 
expert speaker if I'm on a podcast. Nope, you don't have to be anyone but yourself if you're in a conversation. So <laughs> let's have a spirit-led conversation and then see what God can do. And he has done so much as you and I have just experienced. We had no agenda coming in other than to seek God and, and God showed up. So uh, that's what I want to do. If I can serve anyone in that way of creating authentic, accessible space, I want to do that. Wow, wow. Thank you. Thank you very much for the invitation. And um, I'm just laughing because <laughs> of the discussion we had just before. We, we didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. We didn't see it coming and now this is happening. And sometimes we are probably held back because we think of the only ways that God can use us is yeah. ABC. Mm-hmm. But he has ways that none of us has actually seen. Mm-hmm. So it's good to be open. So we are going to um, provide all your links on our website uh, with your profile, definitely, and make it available to all our listeners so they can connect with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And also to listen to your podcast. I like it. I like the name. I, I like <laughs> just listening to all this because we see God is working here. God is working there. Then we are encouraged to move on. Yeah. yeah. So God bless you. God bless your ministry and your family. And um, hope to see you around. I don't think this is the last time we are meeting. Yeah. So thank you very much for...